Hello, everybody. Welcome to this edition of the Pac-Man Podcast. Patriotic American citizen. I'm Ted Flint. Each week we do this. We talk about the day's top stories, politics, culture. We do it through the prism of being a Christian. Uh, I'm a conservative from A to Z, a social conservative, a libertarian conservative. Those two don't conflict always. Sometimes they do. So we'll, we'll get to some of the day's top stories. I want to first mention the uh, Green Bay Packers and their big victory over the San Francisco 49ers. It's big if you're a Packer fan. And I've been a Packer fan since I was seven years of age. Those first two Super Bowls were Green Bay's. They beat Kansas City in Super Bowl One, Oakland in Super Bowl Two, And there's been a lot of talk, especially in the offseason, of Aaron Rodgers, their longtime quarterback, uh, maybe moving on and playing for another team. I know that was a speculation in the offseason, and it's still being talked about. But after the last couple of weeks, Rodgers, I mean, he marched them down the field in just a few seconds, a couple of big pass plays to uh, Devontae Adams, and the Packers pulled it out over the Niners, 30-28. to 28. And I'll tell you, I know Jordan Love, they drafted Jordan Love, the Packers. He's ready to step in. He's the quarterback for the future. But Aaron Rodgers is the present, and he was, he's been a, a top-notch quarterback. He's the league's MVP. He won the MVP last year, has a lot of football life left in him. I think he still wants to stay in Green Bay, but, you know, he may move on after the year's out. If the Packers don't win a Super Bowl this year, I think you'll see Aaron Rodgers playing somewhere other than for the green and gold and maybe Devontae Adams as well. So anyway, the Packers uh, pull off a big victory and they're two and one on the season. And I think uh, good things are ahead for them, hopefully. Let's talk about, I think, what is the, the most pressing issue facing America today is the, the situation on the southern border. The illegals massing across our border, uh, you know, by the thousands and some by some accounts every day. Not just Mexicans, but, you know, people from South America. Now we have Haitians by the thousands at the border. A week ago, I think it was a week ago, on MSNBC's The Readout, Joy Reid, which she is absolute no talent, but she has her own TV show on MSLSD. She had on as a guest Omar, uh, Ilian Omar from Minnesota, Democrat, left wing. She's a Marxist for all intents and purposes. She said that the United States has contributed to the problems in Haiti. Now, there is a history between the U.S. and Haiti. First of all, I think Haiti is incapable. It has proved itself incapable of governing itself. You can go back to the 60s and 70s with the Duvaliers, a baby doc at Papa Doc Duvalier and Jean-Bertrand Aristide in the, uh, in the 90s. He was a Marxist, defrocked Catholic priest who, you know, they just wrecked Haiti. But now this, this Ilian Omar is blaming America for the Haitians. And she says the Haitians have a right to seek asylum. What right have they got to seek asylum in America? Well, she, this idiot cites international law. But I'll read you the quote. She said, what we have seen was cruel, inhuman, I think she meant inhumane, and violation of domestic laws and international laws, whatever they are. Haitians have a right to seek asylum. It's an international right, but they're not going to every other country in the world. They're coming to America illegally. Nobody's flocking to Haiti. Nobody is trying to bust down the doors in Afghanistan. Nobody's going to Canada in record numbers, are coming here because they love our freedom, and frankly, they love some of the uh, some of the freebies they're getting at, at the expense of the American taxpayer. But here's what Omar says, and it's unbelievable what these people on the left what they believe. She said, "If it wasn't, I know this because I would not be here today. 
<laughs> if only that were the case, if I wasn't able to seek asylum in the border of neighboring Kenya. To see this kind of atrocious, disturbing images at our border should really make every single American's skin crawl. Now, what she's referring to is this lie that somehow the federal border agents were whipping these illegal aliens who happen to be Haitians in this particular instance. Now, this is being amplified, this, this nonsense. It's a lie, by the way. It's been a proven lie, but it's being amplified by the White House, by Democrats, by the corporate media, this idea that Border Patrol agents are whipping Haitian migrants at the border. Now, the images, you have white federal Border Patrol agents on horseback whipping these Haitians. Well, the photographer who took the viral photos that have been circulated to the, uh, through the, the, you know, the media chain, this, this false narrative, admitted Friday, this past Friday, that he never saw a Border Patrol agent use the leather against anyone. You can, you can go see this, these images on Facebook. Paul Ratchy told KTSM, I've never seen them whip anyone. This federal agent was swinging the leather, but it, became, it can be misconstrued when you're looking at the picture. And this isn't the first time people with platforms have rushed to push an agenda without checking all the facts. And it won't be the last time either. In this uh, report here by the, uh, in the Federalist, which I found on Facebook, uh, it's by uh, Jordan Davidson. And he lists the people who have been contributing to these, these lies that agents are whipping illegal aliens. And one of the biggest culprits of this border lie is the president. I hesitate to call him president. Joe Biden and his press secretary, Jen Psaki, and others in the administration. They spent the last week or 10 days condemning these Border Patrol agents over these false whipping allegations. It's all nonsense. Horses weren't running over these people. Nobody was whipped. You can see the video for yourself. It's, it's viral. It's gone viral. Where are the, the, the D.C. media organs fact checkers? Where are they? Silence. They put that out there and Biden repeats it. He's a moron. You can't believe anything the media, I'm telling you, I hate to refer to our president as a moron, but he's, he's not playing with a full deck. Somebody referred to him as a husk of a man. I like that, a husk. That's what he is. All right, one more uh, immigration story, then we'll move on to something else. The, uh, the, the, the law in Florida, which prohibits the establishment of so-called sanctuary cities or municipalities trying to shield illegals from arrest, according to one Obama nominee, or appointee, I should say, uh, it violates federal law. This federal judge, her name is Beth Bloom. She's an Obama nominee, wrote in a 110-page ruling against the Florida law that Senate Bill 168 bars sanctuary policies or policies that prohibit or impede law enforcement from complying with federal immigration law as racist. The Florida legislature passed the legislation in 2019, Governor Ron DeSantis signed it into law. But according to this Obama nominee, this Beth Bloom, some of the groups that support the law, like FAIR, the Federation for American Immigration Reform, I always thought FAIR was a left-wing advocacy group, but this Bloom, to her, FAIR is a right-wing hate group. This involvement, I'll read you her direct quote, this involvement strongly suggests the legislature enacted SB 168 to promote and ratify the racist views of these advocacy groups. I, no, I think Governor DeSantis and the legislature was trying to protect Floridians and the citizens of the state of Florida by this legislation. 
They want to protect Florida, try to enact, you know, sensible uh, legislation because the federal government has failed to do that, certainly under this administration. So Florida and some of these other red states, uh, border states, have to take matters into their own hands. And I think they're right to do so. All right. We all know what's going on around the country. Some of these school districts, uh, it's it's unbelievable what these left wing school districts are trying to do. And some of the school boards are trying to push critical race theory, this transgender ideology. It's it's pervasive, especially at the local level. And we're fighting. Well, not not so much CRT yet. I'm sure we'll have to cross that bridge in our Cambridge school district here in southern Washington County in New York state. The issue for us is this Cambridge Indian mascot. The liberals want to uh, jettison the mascot. They say it's offensive. It's racist. Of course, all these uh, liberals opposing the Indian mascot are all white. There, there's, there are no Indian people of Indian ancestry or nobody of any brown blood at all. I mean, they're all white liberals, like is the case around the country. But they're offended by the Indian image and mascot. Anyway, that's our issue. And uh, there's this guy at the Daily Wire. I know we follow the Daily Wire, some of us here at the BMG Network, this Matt Walsh. And he may have pulled off, I mean, the, the, the most epic troll of the year. He was planning a rally in uh, London County, Virginia, for several weeks. They're, they're protesting the school board there and some of these policies and materials they've been pushing on children. I mean, it's nothing short of it's porn in a lot of cases. This uh, critical race theory and this transgender ideology, as I was mentioning, mentioning it, it's taken hold in, in so many school districts and a lot of parents in some of these, and not just red states, but a lot of parents across the country are saying enough is enough. We're not going to take this crap anymore. And we're paying big money to to pay for all this. Anyway, back to, to Walsh. He was uh, planning this protest for several weeks. He's going to protest the school board and some of these policies. And from the CRT curriculum, the books promoting pedophilia. L- London County is, is truly at the tip of the spear when it comes to these this left-wing communist craziness that's taken hold in so many school districts. So in response to Walsh's rally, the school board voted first to push the time of the meeting back to conflict with the rally. So if, if everybody's at the rally, no, nobody would be at the school board meeting. That's what they were hoping. So Walsh responded by changing the time of his event, which cleared the way for people to attend the school board meeting to speak out. So then that's when the school board actually changed the rules at the last minute so that only those who live in uh, Loudoun County, I think I've been saying London County, but Loudoun County would be let in the door. So in effect, and I'm reading this on Red State, Walsh baited the hook, got the school board to change its rules, and then he sprung his trap. Now they'll be forced to turn him away, contrary to the very rules they put into place. And they will, but no doubt they will. So this is unbelievable. They're not going to let this guy, this Walsh, speak at the school board. Uh, I'd be interested to see if they do. If they do, we'll report back to you. This is how these school boards, they're controlled by Democrats in many cases, because Democrats love uh, the educational establishment, the, the education cartel, as I call them. They're dominated by liberal Democrats because they, they filter into academia and they get in there and they gain tenure in a lot of cases. These professors at major universities, they get tenure and you can't get rid of them. And they're all Marxists, many of them, not all of them, but many of them are hard left wingers. And I had my daughter on the show a couple of weeks ago and she provided uh, her personal experiences at SUNY Albany with some of these left wing professors. I mean, they have an agenda. That reminds me. 
we'll we'll finish up on this story. I, I I've been meaning to talk about this. I've had this story sitting here for maybe a month, and I haven't gotten to it. There is a uh, a teacher, public school teacher in California. I guess he's since been fired, but he was boasting of his work of using his 180 days of the public school year to turn students into revolutionaries. And <laughs> he got caught on tape. This James O'Keefe with Project Veritas did this interview. Anyway, the uh, interview was obtained by Project Veritas. And uh, the teacher is Intercom High Advanced Placement Instructor Gabriel Geip, G-I-P-E, and he boasts of indoctrinating students politically and giving them extra credit for working on his own personal agenda points. And he makes no bones about it. He says, I, I send these kids to protests and community events for which they get class credit. This is his direct quote. I have 180 days to turn them, students, into revolutionaries. Scare the F out of them, is what he told Project Veritas. I post a calendar every week. I've had students show up for protests, community events, tabling, food distribution, all sorts of things. When they go, they take pictures, write up a reflection. That's their extra credit. Then he indexes students' politics over the year and credits himself with pushing students further and further left. I can't, as I'm reading this, I can't believe it. And he gets paid or did get paid. I think he's since been fired. So they all take an ideology quiz and I put the results on the wall every year they get further and further left. I'm like, these ideologies are considered extreme, right? Extreme times breed extreme ideologies, he asks, right? There is a reason why Generation X, these kids, are becoming further and further left. These are the types of people who infiltrate the education establishment. They, they could be teaching in your local district. They are indoctrinating our young people in these government schools, public schools. That's why we, my wife and I chose to homeschool our children. We have two uh, boys. Uh, our youngest are still homeschooled, and they will continue to be homeschooled, despite any little roadblocks that the state of New York puts in front of us. For this reason, these teachers, many of these people are ideologues. They're idiots, but they're really left-wing ideologues, and they, their goal is to indoctrinate our young people into the leftist ideology. They hate America. They hate capitalism. That's just, that's the common theme that runs through all of their teachings and their all their rhetoric. They hate capitalism. They hate the free markets. They loved centralized government. We'll pick up. We're out of time here. We'll pick up uh, on this maybe in a future show. I want to thank you for tuning in as always. Again, if you have a, a minute or two, you can go to the bmgnetwork.com and check out our fine programming. We have the Pac-Man podcast up there at least weekly, sometimes twice a week. We have the Ken and Mike show. We have the Ken Burns show. He did a show, uh, came out Monday of this week. We have the Adrian Ross show. And, of course, Set Apart with Kristen Coons. All these fine shows. We also have columns up there for you as well. You can check them out. There's the Pack Perspective, which I write, I try to write weekly. A lot of fine programming. So uh, check it out. The BMGnetwork.com if you want to contact me directly. It's Pacman at the BMGnetwork.com, all lowercase. If the Lord wills it. We will talk to you soon. The Pac-Man Podcast was produced and edited in the BMG studio. Music by Kevin McLeod. For more episodes of the Pac-Man Podcast, go to the bmgnetwork.com or go to the BMG Network on Facebook. And be sure to tune in to the next episode of the Pac-Man Podcast with Ted Flitt.